0: What's happening guys? You're locked in with me Swazi here for Kiss Life and this week's episode is all about black women and the media. We are spoiling you this week with so many special guests so lock in and enjoy. And we're live! You're locked in with me Swazi, you're listening to Kiss and right now you're listening to my new show on Sunday evenings called Kiss Life every Sunday night, 9pm, and this evening, I'm proud to say I'm actually coming to you live and direct from the studio. These last couple of weeks, I've been on my travels, man. I've been hitting up different cities. I hit up Liverpool to look at identity and culture, Bristol for the George Floyd anniversary, and then West London to visit the Kyan Prince Foundation Stadium to remember and honour the life of Kyan Prince, who was stabbed to death 15 years ago. We've had a run of so many incredible conversations and that's the goal for this show, is to slow things all the way down and talk about the things we're already talking about, but to have the conversation together on KISS. And this evening is no different. We're turning our attention to black women and the media. It's been a heated week with a lot of chat of how black women feel misunderstood and misrepresented and sometimes invisible due to the media. So tonight I want to sit down and invite some special guests and find out if or why this may be the case. We'll be doing a roundtable of three black women. We'll also be hearing from one of the newest members of the Kiss Fresh family who tries to explain his understanding of what black females go through. It's a
1: thing where it's a struggle to kind of like understand what women have to go through because... I'm not a woman, so to internalise the things that they go through, I couldn't get to that depth. I can only have empathy that gives me division to see.
0: All this coming up in the next hour. You're listening to Kiss Life with me, Swazi. There's a long history of black women feeling misrepresented in the media. From wanting to be understood rather than analysed or heard rather than scrutinised, Black women seem to always be fighting for positive representation in the papers, on the timeline and on television and all round within the world of media. But is this the status quo or are we on the cusp of change? Earlier this week, the four-time Grand Slam tennis champion Naomi Osaka sent the timeline and the world into a frenzy after she announced her refusal to do post-match media and press conferences because of her anxiety and decision to protect her own mental health. This was her statement pre-tournament.
2: I'm writing this to say I'm not going to do any press during Roland Garros. I've often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or partake in one. We're often sat there and asked questions that we've been asked multiple times before or asked questions that bring about doubt into our minds. And I'm not just going to subject myself to people that doubt me. I've watched many clips of athletes breaking down after a loss in the press room and I know you have as well. I believe that whole situation is kicking a person while they're down and I don't understand the reasoning behind it. Me not doing press is nothing personal to the tournament and a couple of journalists have interviewed me since I was young, so I have a friendly relationship with most of them. However, if the organisations think that they can just keep saying, do press or you're going to be fined, and continue to ignore the mental health of the athletes that are the centrepiece of their corporation, then I just got to laugh. Anyways, I hope the considerable amount that I get fined for this will go towards mental health charity. This isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction and I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialise mental health or use the term lightly. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Though the tennis press has always been kind to me, and I want to apologise especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I am not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious, so I thought it was better to exercise self-care and skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts and I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament apologising and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are very intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for the players, press and fans."
0: Asaka was then fined $15,000 and in response, she pulled out of the French Open which has led to certain sections of the media harshly criticising her. She made her intentions clear.
2: This isn't a situation I ever imagined or intended when I posted a few days ago. I think now the best thing for the tournament, the other players and my well-being is that I withdraw so that everyone can get back to focusing on the tennis going on in Paris. I never wanted to be a distraction and I accept that my timing was not ideal and my message could have been clearer. More importantly, I would never trivialise mental health or use the term lightly. Anyone that knows me knows I'm introverted and anyone that has seen me at the tournaments will notice that I'm often wearing headphones as that helps dull my social anxiety. Though the tennis press has always been kind to me and I want to apologise especially to all the cool journalists who I may have hurt, I am not a natural public speaker and get huge waves of anxiety before I speak to the world's media. I get really nervous and find it stressful to always try to engage and give you the best answers I can. So here in Paris, I was already feeling vulnerable and anxious. So I thought it was better to exercise self-care and skip the press conferences. I announced it preemptively because I do feel like the rules are quite outdated in parts and I wanted to highlight that. I wrote privately to the tournament apologising and saying that I would be more than happy to speak with them after the tournament as the slams are very intense. I'm going to take some time away from the court now, but when the time is right, I really want to work with the tour to discuss ways we can make things better for the players, press and fans.
0: So why is it that black women are negatively represented by the media? We asked young black women across the UK for their views. Hi, my name is B. I I'm 28
3: years old. And I do not think that black women are represented in the media fairly, especially when it comes to matters of them voicing their opinions and in matters of mental health. Um, Black women often have this image of being, you know, presumptuously strong. So anytime that they do speak out on any types of matters, they're usually called confrontational, aggressive or just overzealous and these aren't the words used to describe our white female counterparts in same instances. Hi,
2: my name's Rachel and I'm from Wembley. Um, I think the representation of black women by the media is really
3: negative for young black girls because they're misrepresented, in my opinion. There isn't enough black women being presented positively in the media. Young girls aren't able to see themselves enough,
2: so many of us feel lonely, disheartened, and just, you know, quite upset by it. And I think it's time that they start making a change. I'm Nyla from Brighton. The first words that come to mind when I think of the representation of black women are aggressive. They aren't often painted in a positive light.
4: Good evening. My name is the SheJ. And yes, I do feel like black women are underrepresented in the media, especially in the UK, and especially black British women. Um, I'm second generation British myself to uh, Jamaican lineage. And um I feel like when it does come to our experiences growing up in this country, they're not really validated in the terms of we're served with the kind of attitude of we haven't been here long enough to really know what it feels like to be British in this country. And change is happening. We are part of that change happening. But to actually see like a full-on equal playing field with regards to black women's uh representation and black women's visibility, I'm not too sure if I'm gonna see it in my lifetime and Being in the creative space myself, I'm hoping to be a person that can be a positive light and something that the young girls can actually look towards to show that yes, you can be proud, and you can be British and you can be very proud of your lineage at the same time.
5: Hi, I'm Lou. I'm 26. I'm from Essex. When I think of how black women are represented by the media, I feel that they are portrayed as sassy, confrontational, loud and generally placed in comical roles or roles that feed a stereotype that can form negative opinions of them which is so strange growing up around so many black women who don't represent those characteristics. For example, I used to wonder why Mel B in Spice Girls was called Scary Spice. Why was she the one that had to be called scary? Or why Leanne in Little Mix was portrayed as urban when they were first coming up. So yeah, I think it's getting a little bit better. However, I feel black women are still not represented as well as they deserve to be. Hi, my name is Nancy and I'm 19 years old and as a young black woman who's lived around the world and who has lived in four countries in total, I think that the representation of black women in media is fairly the same and fairly negative everywhere. Um, Mainly due to westernization and white supremacy, the representation of black women is still focused on stereotypes and still focused on upkeeping a class system. And so it's fairly negative and pretty
2: hurtful. Hi, my name is Layla. I'm 20 years old. And as a young Black woman, the representation of Black women in media is quite upsetting to me. Due to the fact that even though there has been a rise in trying to represent Black women within media, it's still the types of women that will meet a Eurocentric beauty standard, which is regressive and unhelpful. And also causes many problems within the community of Black women, making darker skinned women, women with more defined features, feel Less desirable.
0: So many views. So many good voices. You're right here on Kiss Life. You locked in with me, Swazi. The show for your Sunday evenings. Kicking off from 9pm. And tonight, we're talking all things black women and the media. Are we fairly represented by the media or is there still work to do around being understood and seen and heard? And still to come on the show, I'll be having a roundtable conversation with some young black women to hear their stories and their views. We've also got one of the newest and freshest members to join the Kiss Fresh family. I'm just going to say his name. Big Zoo is on the show very, very soon. But right now with me. Joining me now is MP for Brent Central and the first elected African Caribbean woman to become a UK government minister. Dawn Butler is on the show. Good evening, Dawn.
6: Hey, good evening, Swazi. How you doing? I'm all right. Not too bad. Not too bad.
0: It's so good to hear your voice, man. (laughs)
6: <laughs> it's good to join you today. Well done on your show. Brilliant. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, it's been, it's been a wild week, to be honest. The timeline has been popping. There's been a lot of conversation. And so tonight's, tonight's show is really dedicated to understanding the experiences of black women and the media. So my first question really has to be from your side. Do you feel that black women are well represented in the media?
6: no no we're underrepresented and also whenever we are represented it's often not a fair representation you know so if a black woman here's your politician you know if you make a mistake they want to amplify it they want to tell the whole world they want to make sure oh look car crash interview you know but you do loads of things right nobody wants to talk about it so it's like they're always waiting for you to trip up and that's more so with black women and the people who say, "Well, no, you're just, you know, exaggerating. It's not the truth." I often take them. Well, you know, there's a problem with women in mm. the media, right? And they go, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." There's a problem with women. I say, "Right, okay." So on top of a problem with women, women add blackness, add colour. Do you know what I mean so that intersectionality of all the different layers as to how um, unfair the media is? Mm.
0: And ha- and for yourself, because. You are in the public domain, isn't it? I mean, you you contend with a lot of that. So how much does it take to ignore criticism from the media?
6: Yeah, so I mean, I realised, like, throughout my whole entire life that I've had to be so resilient,
4: mm.
6: you know, and, um, and you kind of get to a stage in your life when you think, well, actually, how come we have to be this resilient? It shouldn't be that way. I mean, that's why I like the movement and the energy of young people who are just like you know we're not taking this we're not having it at all and I think we've got all these different generations working together to change that and that's and that's really vital and important if we're really going to move society forward so everyone's just treated fairly mm. and ask, you know we're not not asking for anything special do you know what I mean not asking for special treatment just Just equal treatment, you know, just treat us like you treat everybody else, that's all. That's all you want. You're not asking for anything more, just... us the same. You know, treat us nicely or, you know, if you treat everyone badly that's fair, but, you know, treat us nicely when the time is right, but Mm. we have to fight for that often.
0: Yeah, and you made a good point earlier about the things you do well are not always highlighted as as much as the things that the media loves to criticise, but I have to say from watching your socials and just the way you, you handle the criticism, I think you do it one of the best in the game, to be honest with you, Dawn, because is it not fair to say you take it in your stride and also some of the critique, it amplifies what it is you want to say. So how much of the balance do you strike?
6: Well, I mean, i started found, like, recently, especially if the sun's out, you know, the sun always puts me in a good mood. I so saw your dance sun...
0: video. <laughs> 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 did you see? I did. It was very good.
6: <laughs> oh, thank you. I've got a few more lined up to come out. <laughs> um The shuffle is a bit hard. But anyway, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean... I find, actually, that we've kind of got to the stage. of so many people fighting for equality and justice. But it's kind of allowed me to get to the stage where, you know, I can do a dance video or I can laugh, you know, at somebody or I can, you know, praise diversity today for, you know, winning their BAFTA for their dance. I can do all of that and say, look, you know, as much as you're going to attack me, it's not going to stop me. Mm. Um, And it's not just me. There's a whole heap of people that's gone before me fighting it, but there's a whole heap of people behind me that are just like, actually, we're not taking it. And the fact is, as well, I mean, I've lived in London all of my life, right? And London is, you know, extremely diverse. And there's so many people at the moment that are trying to divide us. And I'm just like, let's not allow that to happen. We know what makes us strong. We know what, you know, makes us beautiful, you know, as a town, as London town, let's just hold on to that. And those people that are coming to sow hate, we just need to kick them to the curb.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you feel black women are feared? And that comes across in the treatment by the media.
6: Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's like they don't want black women to do well or succeed or, you know, be our authentic selves. It's like if you're not conforming, if you're not going to wear your weave or wear your hair straight then you don't deserve to be elevated. And I just think, we are so powerful and everybody needs to like be their authentic self. Yeah, you can have your hair straight if you want. But if you want to rock an afro, you rock an afro. If you want to rock locks, you rock locks. And you know, if we stand if we stand tall and say, actually, this is my natural hair, mm. accept me for who I am, accept me for doing a good job, accept me for what I'm doing, because the problem isn't with me or my hair, the problem is with you and your attitude. And so, you know, we've kind of really got to push it back on people say, so, you know, you check your attitude. And you know, people don't like this term privilege when we talk about privilege. And I mean thinking about that as well. And it's like privilege is it's just the people say, how can I be privileged? You know, my life hasn't been great or why well, I've had to struggle. And it's not about the struggle, it's about what you haven't had to struggle for. Mm-hmm. So it's about your advantages. You know, society is basically built for people who are hearing. Yeah. You know, if you're hearing you can watch TV, you don't have to go through separate buttons and press subtitles. You know, we had all of the the prime minister was doing all of these press conferences without uh, an interpreter, you know, so just to hearing people. And you think, well, that is an advantage that we've got if we're hearing. How about people who are not hearing? How about people who are deaf? How about people who are hard of hearing? Why are we not catering for them? That is a privilege that as hearing people we have. That's an advantage of hearing people. Having white-coloured skin is an advantage, it's an advantage because you know society is built in a way that they see that as a privilege, mm. as an advantage, something that gets you through doors. Whereas, you know, I get asked all the time, "Should you be in this room?" Yes, I should because I'm a member of parliament. Right. But they don't, they don't see me as a member of parliament because I'm a black woman. If I was a white woman, I wouldn't get asked that question.
0: Mm. And with media, I think um, you mentioned how young people are. Yeah, there's a there's a fierceness, there's a fire to change things, and. And how much of that comes down to someone like yourself or others with platforms? Because what do you make of politicians now doing a dance video? I thought, do you know what? People can relate <laughs> to that and we laugh about it. But actually, it changes the narrative of, of media and their perception of those who may be a politician or who may be, I don't know, in whatever institution, really. So when you do those things, are you aware of the, of the shift and the change that that happens and, and also how the media then has to respond to you?
6: But I think the great thing is that we don't have to rely on certain media platforms anymore. So before, if the BBC want to portray you in a certain way, they will do that. And there's not much competition to change that. Now, I've got my own media platform. I can use my TikTok, my Insta, you know, Twitter's a little bit of a test pit, really. But, you know, I can use all of those platforms you know dawn butler brent is the same across all my platforms and i can use that i can use that to be serious i can use that to do a dance video i can use that to give a message and and the more i think that we do that the better i mean it's like when um when i did little mix's video Leanne to little mix and she did her documentary yeah. and she was saying you know should i be using my platform you know and talking about color Colorism, and I said, of course, you know there are people who have a platform and they do not use it to move the agenda forward. They just have it for themselves, and that's it. I'm like, you're using your platform for something good, so embrace it. Mm. And that's what we have to do. If we really want to see change, you know, we've got to be the change that we seek. You know, we've we've got to we've got to make that process. We've got to sacrifice sometimes but we've got to do it yeah and i want to see i want to see progress i want the next generation coming up i don't want them to have to worry about colorism racism you know, sexism, misogyny. I want them to just focus on living a good life. That's what I want. Yeah,
0: and we've got that coming up at, at the evening of this show. We've got a roundtable conversation with some young black women talking about, yeah, their own experiences and their own stories. But given that you've just mentioned platforms, do you think for the next generation, the power is going to shift because we are in control of our own media platforms?
6: Yes, most definitely, 100%. And, and the power must shift. You know, we've got a We've got to say to people, look, this is who we are. You know, we used to absorb our information and creativity from elsewhere. We used to go to America to see, you know, black women in leading positions, you know, that, that were portrayed positively mm. as opposed to just being the help or being a prostitute or, you know, I mean, Halle Berry is still the only black woman to, with an Oscar for Best Actress, right? And it was for a film that I just couldn't, you know, it's a film where she's naked, having sex with the guy that killed her husband and it's a racist. And it's like, yeah, that's what she wins. An Oscar for. Not, you know, Angela Bassett or right. Tina Turner, you know, not like, um, there's just so many good actresses that have been in so many powerful films, but they haven't won, um, Queen Latifah, you know, they haven't won best actress yet for really brilliant, positive films. Mm. And it's like, hang on a minute, you know, let's, Let's let's sort this out. Let's show let's show more than what other people feel is acceptable for us. That we have to behave in a certain way. We have to be naked. We have to have sex, you know, with a white guy to be able to win an Oscar. Let's, let's have a really powerful progressive film, black leading lead in a role. And
0: and, and win is an that, Oscar for that yeah? And is that sort of progress down to the lack of black owned large media outlets? Is that a problem?
6: Um, I I think so. and those people the gatekeepers those people making the decisions, those people that say, well, this is worthy. Shonda Rhimes, I think has changed the game. Absolutely phenomenal. It doesn't, you know, she's, she's put leading ladies who, you know, they, they've said things like, oh, you're not, you're not who we would consider or what we would consider as beautiful. Like, excuse me. Mm. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Shonda Rhimes has completely changed the game. I think very, very powerful. And I think it's, it's, also, viewing power. I mean, there are some great films, great movies where it, it doesn't actually matter the colour of the person's skin. The fact is that they're doing a good job. And, you know, well, people say, I don't think a black person can play that role. Why not?
0: Mm, yeah. James
6: Bond was actually written as a black man. That's what James Bond was written as a black male lead.
0: Right. And that changes a lot.
6: Exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Just before I welcome on the guest for the the roundtable conversation, I would love to ask you what you would say to your younger self, knowing that you would be doing doing, R&B that we know, that we see all over socials, and you have got such a big role in in changing the conversation, and just take the time to say thank you. Thank you for all the times you speak up. Um, But what would you say to your younger self on how to navigate the criticism and how to ignore it and to keep on keeping on?
6: um Good question. I think it depends on the day. Actually, my advice to myself would be different in each day. But I think today, I would say, I'd say to myself that my dad was right. Mm. like my dad always used to say to me, you know, you're beautiful, you're powerful, you've got a voice, use it, stand up for what's right. You know, don't let anyone tell you you're wrong when you know you're right, mm. and. You know there'd be times when I've doubted that, you know, where I think, well, should I or shouldn't I?" And you know there comes a time when you'd actually think, "Oh, you know what, my dad was my cheerleader before I even knew I needed oh, one,
4: yeah,
6: and I think um I think to my younger self, I would say, yeah, yeah, your dad's right, so <laughs> believe you know so and to all the young women out there, I'd say, walk in your power, mm. believe in it, and walk in it, and yeah. shine brightly and you know, don't ever dim your light for somebody else. You know, if, if their light's being dimmed, they've got to come correct and shine their light. Exactly. Don't ever, don't dim your light for someone else to make them feel better. Mm. You know, don't do that. We do that too often. We overcompensate because we think, oh, my God, we're controlling this conversation. Oh, my God, I'm getting too much attention. You know, we're going to stand out anyway, so embrace it. Mm. Don't let anyone put you in a corner.
0: Yeah. Shouts cause to your dad, man. <laughs> 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 so many gems. So many gems. Dawn Butler, MP for Brent Central and the first elected African Caribbean woman to become a UK government minister. Such a joy having you on the show, Dawn. Thank you so much.
6: Anytime. See you
0: soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. You're locked in with me, so I was here for Kiss Life every Sunday, nine o'clock. The brand new show that acts as the landing page and someone new has entered the group chat. Welcome. Big Zoo, what are you telling me, man? Well, first of all, congratulations on the book and welcome to the Kiss Fresh family. What are you saying for next Sunday? What's happening at four o'clock?
1: I listen, we're inside. Um, this bare vibes. you know, my name got a show, and I'm gassed, I'm he's part of the family, I'm gassed, part of the family still.
0: Oh, we're gas to have you, man. You're bringing a mandem, you're bringing a banter. We cannot wait. You have to lock in. Big Zoo takes over Kiss Fresh 4 o'clock next Sunday. But tonight's conversation right here on Kiss Fresh is all about Black women and the media and how the media represent or misrepresent Black women in the media. So before we get into all of it, Big Zoo, I've got to ask you first and foremost, how do you think Black women are represented in the media?
1: (laughs) I mean, that's a that's a big question. It's it's not something I can digest and give back to you in, in a quick amount of time, but it's, there's so many layers to it. There's so many levels to it. There is a, s- a specific stigma that they've had and, you know, there's an overall tone of how they're represented. You know, I think in terms of black women, there's this like narrative that they're more aggressive and more, more athletic and it's less less intelligent and, as, and classy. And I mean, that's me kind of generalising a couple of words that come to the top of our brain, but I feel like there is an undertone and a racial bias towards them that makes them be depicted in a specific way. But it's part of the racism in society. And I do appreciate that it's changing slowly and there's a lot of amazing black women that are doing beautiful things. change the narrative and combat it and it's an overall process that needs a lot of work but you know the the representation is it's not it's not the same to a white woman which is the the main problem and Mm. you know we we, we can't make people be depicted the same but we can break boundaries that make people feel that they're irregular just because of their race
0: yeah, and given given all that you're doing, congrats on all that you're doing. When you Thank see you. these things happen, how does it make you feel when black women are sometimes not heard or understood or feel invisible when it comes to the media?
1: It's, it's definitely sad because of underrepresentation. Feel like we're in a time now where there's amazing role models who come through. I really love Viola Davis. I feel like what she does in America is amazing. There's, there's so many. Amazing black women doing things in the media on telly. And like one of my one of my people that I work with very closely, she's she's not on telly, she's behind the screen. She commissioned um Big Eats, the program that I do on day. She's called Natalie Rose. And she's a black woman, and she's amazing and a very powerful lady, and someone I look up to as a role model. And I feel like we're we're in a time where representation is more of a thing and Black Lives Matter is about and, you know, we're seeing people do things, people like Alexis Scott in, in football and and there's there's women coming through now who are doing big things and it's becoming more of a norm to see them on telly but it's still, it's still not there, We have a long way to go and for, for the young black girls who are, who are looking for that role model, you want to get into presenting, or want to get into media, I want to be on television, it's internalising that battle and, that, and using that as a strength to to make you become better and get in there and know that there's no limits and no obligations to be any type of way to get into anything you want to do. And we just as a community has to help each other rise up. And come on,
0: come on. And within your circle, when you're sitting down with mandem, is there a shared responsibility among black men to support and defend Black women.
1: Yeah, I think that's like paramount to making a change in terms of what we have to do as men. You know, it's it's a thing where yeah, it's, it's a struggle to kind of like understand what women have to go through because I'm not a woman, so to internalize the things that they go through, I, I couldn't get to that depth. I can only have empathy that give me division to see. Like, there's things that are just unjust, and we man, i have had to learn how their language affects people from their own community and take account for their things that they say and how that affects women. And that's like level one. And now it's like standing up for people around you who are who are who are who are black, they're your family, they're women. But then stand up for people who aren't your family, people that you don't know, and sign up for them. It doesn't just have to be your sister, your auntie, your grandma, your mom your cousin, same way. They don't have to be your blood, but they're still your people. And that's, the, that's, the, that's where we need to get to as man-led. like, I do a lot of stuff where I put my mum in it and I talk about the fact that my mum's black and the struggle that she went through as a refugee coming to this country. And I think it's important to like, not everyone wants to share their mum on camera, which you don't have to do, but it's important to...
0: Why do you do it? That.
1: I Because it's important to have that representation. And I feel like it's a way to, like, share that love, isn't it? And show people, like, this is who raised me. This is who made me get to where I am here. And she's a black lady. She's a powerful black lady. She might not have all the accolades and the maddest education, but she, she's got a will and a power. And that's inspiring for me. And there's many more inspiring. Like I, when, it, when it was that National Women's Day, and I remember, like, I was like, well, I've never actually celebrated this day before. I've never like International Women's Day, I didn't ever like know what it was. But then last time it happened, I was like, I put up like women that inspire me. And it was like the first time I ever sat down and said, What women inspire me? Let me share them on my, on my on my socials and share these women that actually I think are Jesus. And it was it was mad reflecting on that because as a man, we we really hype up man and glorify success with men. And we, you know, if a brother wins. A boxing championship or wins the World Cup or that wins the championship. We're like, yes, come on, my, my black brother, do anything over there. But women, we we we, we it's, it's more rare, it's not right. something that like we do. Mm. Do you get it? So when it was International Women's Day, it, was like, it made me reflect, like, wow, oh, this is like, one of the first times I've really put up women and said they inspire me who aren't just my mum.
0: Big Zoo, thank you so much for your time. Always a joy catching up. Lock in next Sunday, Kiss Fresh, you're taking over the waves. 4 p.m. Oh we cannot goodness. wait.
1: Let's do it, let's do it. It's going to be vibes. I'm about the and Hyda.
0: How good is he, please? If that is not just pure energy to ramp you up for next weekend, the sound of Big Zoo, who's killing it at the moment. You're listening to me, Swazi, right here for Kiss Life, the new show every Sunday evening, talking about the things you're already chatting about with your group, with your people then on the timeline in your group chat but we're having the conversations right here on kiss so get at me shout me on the socials at kissfmuk everywhere i'd love for you to get involved As I've been talking to you with with Big Zoo, with Dawn Butler, we've had so many special guests. And it's time now for what's going to be a brilliant roundtable conversation. On the table with me, I have got Charity, who's an actress. I've also got Ebenita, who founded Milk and Honey. She's also passionate about public speaking, mentoring. Both of these guys are just passionate about female empowerment. So yeah, and I've got Queen Mojo, who's joined the line as well. So hello hi 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 oh i feel like this is already a good group chat you know i'm ready (laughs) (laughs) okay well we're on radio so let's kick this one off tonight's conversation is about black women and the media let me go over to queen mojo first and ask you sis let me come to you first and ask you do you feel that we are well represented by the media
3: Oh my goodness gracious me, no, not at all as a darker skinned fuller bodied woman I really do feel left out and then I tried to push through it fight through it and I post my content and I do all my auditions but I think the first time I really started to feel quite threatened and somewhat afraid was when um Candice bracelet was allegedly you know there's no factual evidence I guess but allegedly replaced um by Rochelle Humes to do that documentary on motherhood and it just put kind of put a little bit of fear in me because I thought oh no that was going to be a beautiful, powerful moment considering some of the losses we experienced last year. Um, mm. Some of the mothers that, that were public figures that lost their lives along with their children. And I was really excited to see that come out. I'm not yet a mother, big up to all the mums. And that was probably the first time that I felt really afraid for my career. As, as, a, as a black woman, I've already felt underrepresented. But in terms of my career in the entertainment industry, I, I felt really left out and started to think, wow, I might have to have, There might be a bigger fight ahead of me, one bigger than, mm. than what I've already been fighting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's the real talk, man. Let me come over to charity. You're in the acting space within the world of woo-woo. yeah. So yeah, let's go. Do you think the rise of you know we've got Michaela Cole, we've got Daniel Kaluuya, you've got Letitia Wright, you've got so many big names. Are those names helping to change the conversation? Absolutely, bloody lutely
5: absolutely. But even all those people that you mentioned, bar Michaela Cole, all of them have moved to the US because there are more opportunities in the US. It's literally gotten to a point where even, um, I was watching this documentary and um, it was speaking about um, black actors throughout throughout time and like black black film and how that's developed. And um, Samuel L. Jackson himself said that he was getting sick of um, black British people moving over to the UK and essentially stealing actors' jobs over there. And it came to the discussion of, well, the reason why we're going over there for those jobs is because they're not here. We don't see ourselves in the media, Mm, even though, thank God, we've got, you know, Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, all of them who are now, you know, becoming Icons live in icons live in legends, yeah. yes, household names, which is amazing, but think of how young they are that they are already yeah. household names. It's because we don't have people older yeah. to be able to 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 look up mm-hmm. to like that. you know we're living in it right now. we're seeing it happen right now
0: um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and in one sense, it's quite empowering, isn't it? Because you get to see your age mates <laughs> kind of change literally.
5: The conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> true. You actually it. get to see someone and say, "Oh, you, that that actually mm, could be me." If you can
0: do it, yeah. Yeah, I exactly. I can jump on board and jump on as well. Ebony, I need to come over to you. What is what is milk and honey? Why did you find it? Like, yeah, tell us all about your company, sis.
7: Hi. Um. So it's Milk Honey Bees. I had a name change. Um. Because I didn't Cheese. want anyone to come for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Milk Honeybees essentially is an expressive safe space for Black girls to flourish and put her first. And her mm. is healing, empowerment right. and resilience. And we are rooted in everything, Black girlhood, the exploration of creativity, everything. So I actually want to shout out my girls right now because I know Please, a few of them are the listening. Floor. So hi, Kaya, hi, Shay, hi, Shanae, hi, Naomi, and everybody else that I haven't mentioned. Hello. Um, But I think for me, the reason why I founded Milk Honey Bees essentially is to echo everything that has been said today, because I feel like not only are black women underrepresented in the UK, but black girls are not seen and are not heard. And I highlight this in my TED talk, that how Mm. do we have a society that has raised black women? but doesn't want to raise black girls into women. So essentially my work revolves around the fact that I believe that a lot of us as women now did not get to have a girlhood. And Charity was saying everything about the U.S and all of the work that i do around black girls believe it or not working in the system with young people you hardly see services that are tailored to the needs of black girls so what i do a lot of is speak to and engage with a lot of organizations based in the states who support me with my work and i always have to say that as much as I work with Black girls, it's difficult for Black women to even support Milk Honeybees because they didn't get to support themselves as Black girls Mm. because no one showed us how to, no one allowed Mm. us to. So in the media, when I think about the girls that are listening now, and the fact that they look up to so many Black women who now are finally getting the chance to kill it, it, is difficult because where do they go from there? And so I'm just Mm. trying to see them all win while seeing black women win but i always say about Mm. society like why is it that as black women you've raised us to become these black women that you didn't want us to become and anytime we're doing something Mm. great as soon as you see like a a gap where we've done something as soon as you see a gap where we've done something that they may not feel comfortable with they attack us and so essentially Mm -hmm. what i'm trying to do with young black girls is support them to become how will I put this now? I don't even like using the word strong because we know what they what that word does to us, but does, to yeah. support them to become more aware of their own healing and processes mm. as they navigate society. And whether they wanna yeah. go in the education space or the acting space or the influencing space mm. or, or any space, they know that you are not angry. You are not that stereotype. In fact, you are everything and more that that person or that organization mm. or that business or platform has needed and they just haven't realised it yet.
0: Yeah. Oh, Beautiful. shouts out shouts <laughs> to all the girls, isn't it? Do you know, I'm clicking my jazz fingers as you're talking right now. Uh, but I wanted to come back on your point around the word strong, because I feel it's so sad that it's been tainted um, in that way. So if you're listening and you're not really too sure, the idea of strong is that you don't feel pain or you don't feel hurt or you cannot be vulnerable because the trope of being a strong black woman is that you can carry everything on your shoulders and you can't have an off yeah. day. And so mm-hmm. the time you then have an off day, everyone's looking at you thinking, sis, like, pull up. Do you Honestly, know what I mean? You can't mm. be sad. So I want to ask all of you really and, and just take time because with the news, you know, you've got a mega Markle, you've got Naomi Osaka, you've got so many people coming up and talking about mental health. Does it make it difficult for you guys then and also the women that you, you work with, you engage with, does it make it difficult for you to speak honestly and openly about your own mental health if the media seems to be criticising us? Um, Queen, let me come to you first. Queen Mojo. Well, um, so... I, I pride myself on being able to speak about my experiences um, quite
3: openly and loudly because I know that the healing that it can uh, uh, sort of instigate or be a cac- I know that some, when me talking about it can be a catalyst for someone else's healing. So I, I try to stay true to that, Lovely. continue to share my struggles. However, as I've, as I've become a little bit more popular and my, my platform's grown, I've just noticed in myself a slight tendency to hold back because I think I'm also plagued by that need to be a strong black woman. But we all may, always must remember strength pertains to physical, mm. to the physical. Resilience, that beautiful, wonderful word, is what we really need to, to, to learn to harness, the ability to bounce back, because life is always going to be getting at us. Strong, the moment we fall down, we feel weak. But if you're resilient, you know that you will fall down, but yes. that resilience will, will get you back mm-hmm. up. that so I, I, I continues. I continue to share and and whatnot. As scary as it can be, I'll do it until, until the day I stop breathing, simply because I've been through a lot of trauma, but I'm, I give thanks. Mm, i've been able to come out the other side so i I will continue to share despite all the struggle I will always keep it real yeah yeah and that
0: word catalyst can we throw that into the good words as (laughs) well (laughs) just that (laughs) you would spark someone else's strength in their story come on Mm -hmm. you can't stay silent about this man charity what about yourself does does any of the media's criticism or what they say does that impact you or does that does that have yeah how does that affect your everyday life especially at work well i'm quite i'm quite like
5: queen like i i am very happy and very open when it comes to my mental health and being able to express that um Mm -hmm. i was going to counseling when i was in school like um like you know many many of the black people in the uk like i i am an i am an immigrant like i came from an immigrant family i was born in ghana i came to the UK when I was six. And you like, we all know the whole thing. Black people don't go to therapy. Black people, we don't talk about mental health issues. We don't do that. Not just black people, but minorities in general. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a yeah. taboo when you talk about it. Um, but I am now happy to be able to say, you know, I'm having an off day. Hey, I had depression when I was younger. Hey, I go to therapy. Cause like, I know what my mind needs now. Like I know that You know, like you take your body to the gym, you know, you have to also exercise your mind. You have to also work out those demons that you might be carrying. You might have to work out those, you know, the... the i'm trying to grab a word from the sky it ain't coming to me but i'm (laughs) grabbing
0: you're perfect Exactly. i'm grabbing the things you may be thinking that you don't even realize you're carrying with you yeah exactly like all of that
5: and and as black women we are tired we deal with things every single day from when we are young we have to grow up quick we have to learn how to protect ourselves, shield ourselves, harden ourselves, quick. When we're young, you know, we deal with microaggressions. There's a word for it now. We can now say it as microaggressions. But growing up, like I didn't know that was called microaggressions. You know, mm-hmm. those were all the things that we had to deal with. We had to shoulder. Um, and so now we are able to, to be the Letitia rights of the world and be able to stand up and say, do you know what? Yeah, I, 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 I can have mental health issues and I can work mm-hmm. through them. You see me, I'm still here. I'm not broken, you know. And it's OK to be able to talk about it, even yeah. if the media are attacking you. For all those people who are attacking, saying all these negative things, there is still going to be an army of women behind you also. You just have to look for them, yeah. you know. We live in an age now where social media can be everything for some people. Mm. And it's so easy to get stuck in an e- echo chamber of either negativity or pos- positivity. Mm. You just have to find what works for you, what is right for you, how you can help yourself yeah. in this. If and you feel yeah. alone, there is always a community for you. you, you, you it, it's difficult, but you have to look for it. We are there. Mm. Yeah.
0: And we yeah. have to hold each other up, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, we touched on the word strong. I think I've had to battle the word diva a number of times working in the mm. industry, even working in the radio Sassy. industry. <laughs> this, mm, this, this collective is mm, <laughs> giving me life. Um, but I want to know from you, Evanil, working with some of the girls that you shouted out, what are some of the other common um, misrepresent- misrepresentations or other tropes that your young girls are having to fight today?
7: absolutely everything <laughs> like do we have enough time like we don't we don't have enough time to answer the question part but two
0: part two <laughs> definitely
7: if you want to bring me on for part two i'm here and i'm ready to bring them to come and talk to you because the thing about when we talk about black girls we also still do the thing that happens to us as black women we don't ask them so we end up speaking for black girls without oh, but, speaking yeah with them but i would say i would say everything around like from hair discrimination to body image to mental health and just touching on mental health i think the mental health of black girls is as important as the mental health of black women because it starts from when you're a black girl you're not able to kind of say how you feel and like charity touched on language and it goes back to again milk honeybees microaggressions are the things that i'm teaching these girls so we sit down on a saturday in an online saturday school and talk about these girls experiences so that they have the language they have the language but they also have the the space to kind of let it out which supports mm. their experiences and i think for me touching back on your question around mental health and do, is it easy to disclose? I think for me, there's strength in vulnerability, um, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm always teaching the girls that you don't have to be this strong person in terms of having physical strength and having un like having no emotions. Showing your emotions is just as strength, as strong and as powerful yeah. as not showing them. But it's important for your own mm-hmm. mental health to be able to say no, and that is why Naomi for me, her she is amazing because she was like, no, you're not gonna do this. I'm too young, too beautiful for you to damage my mental health. See you later. And she took her tennis racket and her ball and she kept it stepping. Um,
0: (laughs) Said bye. (laughs) Exactly.
7: And that that is it. Like there is strength in vulnerability because everybody's talking about the fact that she's done that, but no one's asked questions. How does she feel? And I think as a collective, Mm -hmm. as a sisterhood, we need to do more in asking each other how we feel rather than trying to you know, suppress how we feel. And it starts with the young girl. So every black girl that you see, ask her how she feels. And those questions, you'll be shocked. A lot of these Mm -hmm. girls have never been asked that question before. And that's why I prioritize Black girlhood, so that they can understand that their transition into womanhood, womanhood, although it may not be easy, it will be easier because the lessons that we did not have, you will get them because you've got a lot mm. of women who are fighting your corner. So
0: yeah. Yeah, and, and not only just asking questions, but listening Very to whatever fair. they have to say or whatever we have to say in, in response to that. Um, I was just speaking to Dawn Butler, um, who's who's just always just so open and honest, and she was just sharing about how her dad would um, remind her of her affirmations and tell her of all the things that maybe she wouldn't hear at school or even now as a woman, um, we don't hear from the workplace. And, and mm. I would really love to end on a positive note with you guys. And, and if we're really always fighting for positive representation in the media, that may be lacking where is that and what does it look like so let let that be the final note on this show and of course this isn't this isn't the end this is an ongoing conversation but what does positive representation for black women in the media look like charity let me kick off with you um to me
5: positive representation of black women would look like everything and anything like i think that that's that's the problem we're having is that we don't see enough representation to be able to even say what we feel is positive and what's negative. As we've all literally just said, are we actually listening to each other to see how we feel, to see how we are, to see what what as a collective young girls and young women actually want to see and actually want to be represented. You know, for us, we can sit here and say, you know, this is what we want as women, this is what we want as a black woman, but we don't actually know until we speak to each other. Yeah. So there, yeah. there isn't a set image of what positive representation would look like because it, it's just such a vast, yeah. a, a, a vast thing. Like you can't quite, <laughs> quite yeah, grab it, yeah. you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Mojo, Queen Mojo, what do you have to say for this one? Positive representation, sis. So the first thing that came into my head was the wonderful, beautiful, powerful film that you should all watch, um, if you haven't
3: already, is Rocks. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> congratulations to the young woman, please excuse me, I can't remember yeah. her name, but the, the, the young girl that played um, the, 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 the main girl, Rocks, and what, um, what was so powerful about that was that I felt seen. I felt validated. You told a story that I could relate to. Mm-hmm. I have so much respect for um, the community of, the, of filmmakers and, and writers and directors that have made things like kid adulthood, so on and so forth. Just, just to name a few, not only those. And they're so wonderful and powerful, but they tell the stories of men. And women have a very different struggle. Mm-hmm. Those who identify as women um, have a very, very different struggle when growing up. And rock highlighted that mm-hmm. i felt seen i felt that my friends were, were i could see my friends in her friends and yeah. the, the, the story goes on that is what positive representation looks like taking a story and making it valid because when we watch these i don't know and, and see relationship problems i thought me and thingy are going through so if we had something similar tell our stories because they're out there mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. out there you don't mm-hmm. need to look hard for a story of perhaps hardship or brilliant success they're not far from you so they really just need to be picked up and highlighted. Let's not be afraid, because if we had that in the media, those conversations that Chelsea wants to happen would happen more regularly, yeah. because we'd go to the cinema. But you watched it, I watched it. So, you know, when I was younger, that's what I was going through. Oh, my God, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I'm giving <laughs> you now. I'm going <laughs> to And then imagine the conversations 15-year-olds would have, watching a story about a young girl who went through da 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 maybe raised in a project herself, had to do a little, you know,
2: activity um, <laughs> to get by.
3: And whatnot, and has now made it into into a successful, whatever it may be. Mm. What would happen if we were to able to see that? It would empower us, it would strengthen us, it would build resilience, and that strength we speak of would really be found in, that, um, in solidarity from something like that.
0: Yeah. that, that that's, that's my, yeah. My I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm waiting for the co-level Charity and Queen you know, because the first time I met Queen, yeah, she honey, was I'm doing, doing monologues. Evania, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let me give you the last word, sis. What does change look like? What does positive representation in the media for black women look like today?
7: I think everything that Queen has said and Charity has said times a thousand so let's amplify that but I just want to echo it um a thousand times more by saying I think it looks like black women and girls have an autonomy over their own stories and being allowed Mm. to show up in the spaces whether it's in the media whether it's outside in the way that they want to show up I also want to say positive representation in the media of black women goes beyond women who are in the creative scene yeah and it goes Mm -hmm. beyond that because i am not a creative yeah yeah? i am a youth practitioner and i tell you this i interact with young people on a daily basis and every day i say to myself i'm not an influencer but i have influence now if you're going to steal that Mm -hmm. put 2021 at the end, Ooh. because you get credit me for that one. Yeah, Yeah, come on. <laughs> I am, <laughs> I am not so an much. influencer, but I have influence. And I think the positive representation is, like I said, allowing us all to show up in the ways that we want to. And just to echo what you said, Queen, about Rocks, that was the most important film to Milk Honeybees Bees that has come out to date because yeah. for us, it was important yeah. to yeah. share conversations about that. So again, if you, you want to keep the, stories, the conversation going. If you need the stories, if you want the girls, that's Milk Honey Bees, yeah? We exist and we are thank here you. and we're doing, doing everything we can. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Guys, we're coming for part two, you know. I'm so sorry that I have to wrap you. the show. we run out of time, but Charity, Queen Mojo, Evania, thank you so much for your time. Ooh. This discussion Ooh. has been so good. It's given me life. Girls, thank <laughs> you so much. We'll catch up very, very soon. Thanks so much for listening in. make sure you get involved on the socials at KissFM UK and make sure you like, subscribe and review. We would love to know your thoughts. I'm Swazi, catch you next week.